please take the bread as a symbol of the body of Christ. The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take, eat, remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was broken for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. blood of Christ. The cup of blessing for which we give thanks is the communion of the blood of Christ. Take, drink from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out for the complete forgiveness of all our sins.
Let us now read a portion from God's Word as we find it in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 13. And then after a few words about this passage, we will sing together in response from Psalm 67, stanza 2. Ephesians 1, verse 13. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. And we will concentrate here, especially on those words, having believed. Beloved brothers and sisters of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the fact that we as communicant members are all sitting around this Lord's Supper table, this Lord's Supper table is quite significant. In some Reformed churches, that is not the case. Those who do not feel worthy enough do not attend. They believe that the Lord's Supper is only for those who have received a special sign from the Holy Spirit that they are worthy. It is not for everyone. In this way, they make distinctions between members and the church. Some other churches also make distinctions between believers. Pentecostals, for example. They teach that there are those who are sealed with the Holy Spirit and those who are not sealed with the Holy Spirit. Some do not receive such sealing. However, so they say, that does not affect your salvation. You can be saved without it. But please note what Paul writes here in this text. He says, having believed, you were marked in him, that is in Christ with his seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Now to whom does Paul write this? He writes this to all the believers in Ephesus. He says that they were all included in Christ when they heard the word of truth and when they subsequently believed and put their faith into practice. As soon as they came to faith, they also received the Holy Spirit and were sealed with him. Paul makes no distinctions among them. Because of their faith, they are equal before God. Our Lord God does not want any of us to boast to think that we are more special than others. We are all special because God has given us faith and now all of us too have the seal of the Holy Spirit. And therefore everyone who believes and lives out of that faith belongs at the Lord's Supper table. Let's sing together from Psalm 67, stanza 2.
So Paul mentions here that the Holy Spirit acts as a seal. He says that the Holy Spirit is himself the seal of Christ. The first readers of this letter understood right away what he meant. Seals were used extensively when they sent letters. In those days, they did not put their letters in a sealed envelope as we do today. No, they wrote it on a scroll and then they would roll it up and then they would seal that scroll with hot wax upon which they would press a signet ring on that hot, wet wax and then that would leave behind a clear and physical, visible mark. In this way, the recipient would know who this letter came from. And if the seal is broken, then you would know that it had been tampered with. The seal indicated authenticity. It also indicated ownership. In this day and age, we also use seals. Cattle farmers do, for example. They would brand their cattle to show to whom those cattle belong. Brothers and sisters, in the same way, we are also sealed. Sealed with the Holy Spirit. We are sealed in Christ. That means that we belong to him and that it is authentic. There is nothing phony about it. There is nothing unsure about it either. It is an unmitigated fact. And no one can tamper with that seal. Not even your sins, not even the devil. Through faith, your sins are forgiven in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that comforting? Because of the Holy Spirit, you and I are the real thing, belonging to Christ, Christians. And that is what we express here around this Lord's Supper table. And that is why we should not neglect this sacrament either. It is for all the believers, all those who have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Let's sing together from hymn 37, stanza 2.
the bread as a symbol of the body of Christ. The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take, eat, remember and believe that the body of the Lord Jesus Christ was broken for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take the wine as a symbol of the blood of Christ. The cup of blessing for which we give thanks is the communion of the blood of Christ. Take, drink from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ was poured out for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Let us now read together from Ephesians 1, verse 14. And then afterwards sing from Psalm 12, stanza 4. The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. 
Brothers and sisters, in this day and age, there are a few guarantees. You may, for example, book your hotel room on the Internet with a promise of great facilities and wonderful surroundings, but it doesn't mean that they're telling you the truth. You may be greatly disappointed once you get there. There is no guarantees in life. People make promises all the time, and often those promises are broken. But now look at this text. Paul speaks here about the promised Holy Spirit. And in doing so, he uses covenantal language. For the covenant consists of two parts, a promise and an obligation. As you heard in a recent sermon, the Holy Spirit was present already in the Old Testament from the very beginning. God promised the Holy Spirit to the Old Testament believer just as he also promised to them the coming of the Messiah. The Redeemer and the Holy Spirit are promised to all believers. And in the New Testament, we have the full revelation of the Holy Spirit and of the Messiah, the Christ. We are rich now because now we live after the revelation and the death and resurrection of Christ. And after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Does that mean then that now we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit? No, as our text says, he is now a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. As New Testament believers, we now understand more fully who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. He works in us. He burns away our impurities and enlightens and encourages us and comforts us. And because he is constantly in work in us, we may now know as a certainty that our complete redemption is guaranteed. God has given us the promise of the Holy Spirit. It is a deposit, like a deposit you would give on a purchase, saying that that is the thing that you want to have. And they will then also use that money so that when you come, it is yours. And then you can have the full thing when the full payment is made. And so that is also the way it is with the deposit of the Holy Spirit. It is guaranteed. You do not have to doubt the guarantee that God gives you. And he wants to illustrate that to us in the Lord's Supper. That is why he instituted it so that we may know and remember who he is. A trustworthy God who always does what he says. Let's sing together from Psalm 12, stanza 4.
Beloved in the Lord, since the Lord has now nourished our souls at his table, let us together praise his holy name, that everyone say in his heart, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor requite us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also give us all things with him? But God shows his love for us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we are now justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were sinners were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. Therefore my heart and my mouth shall proclaim the praise of the Lord from now on and forevermore. Amen. Let us unite in thanksgiving prayer. Merciful God and Father, we thank you for the opportunity to partake of the supper of your Son, Jesus Christ, by eating of the bread and drinking of the cup, and so proclaiming the death of our Lord as the only ground of our salvation. We praise you that you give us the privilege to rejoice in the communion of your Son, as well as in the fellowship with one another. O Lord, we also think of those members who would love to be here amongst us today, but who are unable. Father, we think especially those who are in chronic care facilities. Father, will you bless them and keep them too, that they too may experience your presence, that they too may realize, O Lord, that they are children of yours and that their sins are also forgiven in the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Strengthen them in their faith and be with their families, be with their caregivers. Grant, Heavenly Father, that they also receive everything that they need. And, Father, we also pray for those who are not here this morning because they are indifferent or because they are rebellious, because they have hardened their hearts and continue to harden their hearts. Father, bring about a change in their hearts that you soften them and be with them. We also beseech you that we, being strengthened in faith by the celebration of this sacrament, may bring forth fruits of of thankfulness. Cause us to show in our whole life our heartfelt love towards you and towards one another. We thank you for the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. We thank you, Lord, that we are so richly blessed. And, Father, we also bless this afternoon as we have the sacrament of baptism administered. Father, grant that also therein we may once again see that you are a God who makes wonderful promises to all of us, Heavenly Father, that we are your children. And grant that with ardent expectation we may await the return of our Savior, who promised that he would drink with us of the fruit of the vine in the kingdom of his Father. 
Give us that assurance, O Lord. Give us that assurance even when we are down and out. And Father, even when we have, have poor health, grant, O Lord, that we may trust in you at all times. And Lord, be with Sister Henrietta Huxema, who this week will undergo surgery, extensive surgery, Heavenly Father. Be with her and be with the doctors. Guide their hands that the desired result may come about, Lord, and grant that Sister Huxema may have a full recovery. To you, Father, be all the glory, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. You now have the opportunity to make your offerings to the Lord, and then after the offertory, we will sing in closing from Psalm 100. I'm sorry, from Hymn Six.